<laughs> sour patches sounds good right now. Yeah. Why do you say you need sour patches? I just want candy right now. Do you? Yeah. I like candy. Yeah. I had some red wines earlier too. Nah. <laughs> black licorice is bomb. <clears throat> this is what happens when you grow up in Armenia, bro. You eat black licorice and you just think it's the highest hey, form of candy. Have you ever had the um, the the tarragon? Yeah. Drink? Yeah, I like it. Tarragon drink. It tastes like li- black licorice. <laughs> I don't like black licorice, but that's a delicious drink. That's disgusting. No. My dad and I, no, we, no, 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 love, no, no, no. we love black licorice. Oh, I'm going to get some for your pops. Are you serious? Yeah. You think he'll like the tarragon drink? Ooh, I wonder. Huh. He, he was here this Sunday. Dude. He was asking for you. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. yeah. His, whole family, his whole family was here. Yeah. Bro, Sunday was a huge day. I heard. I heard. We had like 100. 139. Something like that, 139 or something. We had a ton of visitors. Returning visitors, salvations. You cold, bro? Yeah, a little chilly. Salvations. <laughs> <laughs> we had a baptism. Um, one of the families who came from last Sunday, their son got saved, right? Yeah. Did you lead him to the Lord? No, Brother Mori did. Brother Mori led him to the Lord, and he got baptized. So this army you guy get baptized? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was last week. You weren't there last week. No, that was like last week. You've been Sunday. backslidden. Oh, yeah. Kinda. Yeah, uh, uh, Rafi. Rafi. Uh, Rafi. Yeah, he got bat- He got saved and he got baptized. Nice. Yeah, it's cool. It was cool because like, uh, <clears throat> so I got kind of like convinced him to get baptized because he was like, I don't want to get baptized because you know like, it's kind of disrespectful to my ancestors, you know. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if you get baptized, does it wash away you from being Armenian? He's like. <laughs> no, he's like, I'm gonna get baptized. Wash away your Armenianness. That's so funny. Hey, but it's proof. Listen to me. The people are not getting baptized at our church because they're Mexican. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Pastor Shelley said. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Explain that to me. So, someone in his church, like a while ago, they asked him to like. Why does Pastor Mejia have so many baptisms? And he's like, well, my theory is... Because <laughs> he has so many Mexicans. Well, he said, not to take away from you know, God's hands on him. <clears throat> he said, my theory is, is that demographically, they probably just have a lot of Mexicans. The Mexicans, <laughs> because they come from a Catholic background, like to get baptized. <laughs> like they got nothing better to do. <laughs> Mexicans in LA got nothing better to do. <laughs> just get baptized. They're just looking for places to get baptized in. <laughs> These are good. Mm-hmm. I like sour patch kids. I know you said that. Oh, did I? I don't remember. <laughs> <Like> four times. <laughs> I like sour in that same tone too. <laughs> Didn't one of you send a message about this? Yeah. In the group chat. Yeah. Is your memory okay? <laughs> Have you Where woken am up? I? Who have you am woken I? up from, from a nap like that? I have. I've woken up in the morning where I wondered, what day is it? I'm like, is it Sunday? So in Bible do college, do I have a sermon? Yeah, dude. In Bible college, I would always wake up. Yeah. What the? <laughs> oh no, 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 that's a video that that's a real that Billy Lisa sent. Yeah, but you said, haha, I just did that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right there. He's like right there, dude. Before I've even seen that reel. People at Metroflex used to do it. I'll talk about that on the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> this guy. What is that one? <laughs> Look on his face. <sighs> the blue one. <laughs> 
so racist, dude. There's some funny stuff, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, your gun's still here. <laughs> oh, it's here? Yeah, it's in my office. Nice. I was asking about it. I was asking Uli. You didn't know where it was, Uli? Oh, no. I don't know. He's filming a room with it. Huh? Are you recording? Yeah. Uh, all this is being recorded. I was trying to I was trying to record a short uh-huh. <laughs> on on guns, right? And so I asked this guy for his for his rifle. This is the stupidest short I've ever made in my life. It was just, <laughs> <laughs> just like me holding the gun, just like <laughs> it was like this is a stupid. This is stupid. a rap video. <laughs> <laughs> like what am I gonna do? I'm just gonna <laughs> He's at the mic over there, <laughs> like the AR. And the <laughs> it was so dumb. And then I, I then I just didn't go through with it. <laughs> <laughs> I decided not to go through with it. Well, gentlemen, let's go ahead and get started. Welcome to the Rod of Iron Podcast, Fundamental Baptist, breaking down discussions, dogma, and daily events. I'm your host, Pastor Bruce Mejia, First Works Baptist Church, joined by the fundamentalists in our church, Brother Haitov Macian, Marco Sanchez, and at the border we have Brother Ulysses Hernandez, our evangelist. Gentlemen, it's good to have you back. Yeah. Good to be uh, back. <laughs> he was under the weather. I think you caught something that a lot of people caught, right? It's like a stomach bug. Yeah, we both yeah, something got Something like it. that. Both got it. Yeah, not me. But I might get it tonight. <laughs> I just so. patched you someone else. <laughs> You'll get that later. You just got something else. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to a great episode tonight, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to be talking about uh, the Russian-Ukrainian conflict, but not necessarily the details uh, regarding the war and all that. Uh, we're actually going to talk about people just exploiting the war or the ex- exploiting the conflict on social media and just kind of really showing the fact that, you know, there's a lot of people out there who are on social media who are just completely ignorant to the truth, to the facts, to just reality in general. I mean, you can pretty much post anything on social media, literally scenes from a video game, and people will think that you're wa- that they're watching the war in action, yeah. hashtag Ukraine. And so uh, we're going to be talking about that. And then we're going to get into uh, Hebrews chapter number 10 tonight, talking about the subject of willful sinning. I actually uploaded a short on it uh, yesterday. And so we're going to go a little more in depth tonight. And then we're going to talk about good old J-Mac, you know, uh, (laughs) John MacArthur and the controversy surrounding him right now at his Grace uh, Fellowship or whatever that heretical church is called. Um you know, regarding the the pedophilia that was covered up or is being uh, defended by John MacArthur and and all that. We'll get into all those details in just a bit, but uh, we're looking forward to a great episode tonight. Gentlemen, are we ready? Yes. part in like the the gun part that like, you didn't want to go through with it they're gonna be like it's because you don't know how to work a gun california i'm, I'm actually removing that but yeah they would say that <laughs> <laughs> why is it that when we think 
Texans talk, they always talk like some, <laughs> some farmers. Yeah. My wife always tells me that. She's like, your Texan accent's pretty good. <laughs> oh, so it's true. So it's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, my, my wife's like the only person that I've met that's from Texas that doesn't talk like that. Was she born in Texas? So, yeah, she was born in Texas, but she moved like thereafter to Oregon. Like after Oregon? Oregon? Yeah. Oh, wow. We're in Oregon. I think, I don't know. I forgot. Dang. Don't put that. Can you erase that? <laughs> 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 so she was born in Texas. Yeah. And then at what age did she move? I think maybe five. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then what age did they, was she when they came back? Um, I want to say like in her 20s. Mm. Yeah. Oh, she lived there for quite a while. Yeah. In Oregon. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Texas is a terrible state to live in, terrible um, state to be in. <laughs> well, they they like evict churches out there for preaching the yeah, truth. Yeah, I heard. I heard something like that. You know, it's supposed to be a free state. Yeah, it's know? still expensive now over there. <laughs> is it expensive over there still? It's, it's the same price now. Oh yeah, is it? I don't know. What it's price like California. It is. California. Money I think it's like a dollar cheaper. What, like four dollars? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of five. He's like, bro, I we mean, paid, I know that. we paid that last week. <laughs> That's what we consider to be cheap. <laughs> yeah. Nevada was only like fifty cents or a dollar less than LA. Mm-hmm. The inflation is pretty wild right now <clears throat> with the gas prices. It's pretty um it's pretty crazy with the um everything that's going on. Um how much I have to put in the tank. I thought it would be higher though. Inflation the way it is. It's higher than they say it is, I believe. But if we're only paying like a dollar fifty or two two dollars more, why do I remember us paying this much like a while back? Was it? Yeah, I think so. We paid like six bucks back then. Yeah, I remember it being like five something. Why is it when these liberals take over? That's when that happens. I guess we shouldn't ask why, right? We know why. Have you guys been keeping up with the? Uh, Russian Ukrainian conflict? Not really. Me neither. <laughs> Kinda. I, I actually Kinda died have, out. <laughs> re, I have a relative over there. Really? My dad's cousin is there, mm. and he's cut. Kind of, they're they're speaking back and forth. Yeah. Which is really funny because. Um, Wait, Ru- he's Russia, where? Where is he? He's in Ukraine. Oh, okay. What part? I think I know what city, but just I, I don't I don't want. You can just to make say up a name. I, I just know no. In, ca- in case I'm wrong, <laughs> I think it's Kharkov. Is where he is, I think. I think that's the name of it. I'm not 100 percent sure, but he was saying that um, Russia is trying to send humanitarian aid oh, yeah, to I Ukraine, and Ukraine is refusing it. Hmm. But at the same time, they're saying, um, "Oh, we have no aid, and you know our people are starving, mm. so on and so forth." <laughs> Unbelievable. And then we were trying to send him, send them some money, and I went to the MoneyGram website. And it says, you know, a zero fee, send money to Ukraine, so on and so forth. So we tried to send them some money. And as soon as I did, it got rejected and my account was closed. What? Yeah. That's weird. So it's just like really strange things revolving around that war. <clears throat> I don't know. A lot of misinformation and disinformation. Yeah. You don't know what's true. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I feel like this conflict's greatest tool is social media. And I think the reason why is because of the fact that People who are on social media have been dumbed down to the point where uh, they don't really need facts. They don't need um, reality. You can just put whatever you want on social media. If it's pro-Ukrainian, 
and anti-Russian, um, the people will believe it. And the the thing that I wanted to talk about was like the exploitation. What's going on here? You you don't you don't know how to put it on silent or what? <laughs> Can you just put that on vibrate or what? What was I saying? He he messed up my train of thought. <laughs> people are being exploited. Against, uh, oh, what? Oh yeah, as long as it's against Russia, people will believe it. And th there's like a major thing on TikTok and and even Instagram where it's just like hashtag Ukraine. And literally, people will exploit the conflict through social media in order to get money, right? <laughs> and in fact, let, let's go ahead and see it right here. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got Brother Hightop Mason actually got himself a text message. Uh, when was this, today? Yeah, earlier today. Let me read it. First and foremost, on the text message, the first thing is a link. Oh, dude, that's a whole text. I know. The story. This, this is, and it's, you know, it's a GoFundMe link. So obviously, they... Right off the bat, you know, they what, they, money. You know what they want. <laughs> it says, hello, my name is Yuri. Is that how you say it? Yuri? Yuri? Yura. Yura? I don't know, Yuri. Yeah. I grew up in the USA since I was 12 years old, and my home country is Ukraine. Kharkov. Kharkov, yeah. I want to volunteer my time, efforts, and money to help my people. And I'm trying to raise money for the food, clothes, and some equipment. I have so much to say, but certain times call for actions instead of talking. <laughs> You're texting, buddy. <laughs> We must help our sisters and brothers in Ukraine. I have already sent some money. Acme does it for free. And equipment through our friends in Poland and Romania. Poland. Wait, hold up. Isn't Acme that thing from car the cartoons? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It blows up all yeah, the time in your face. Yeah. The, United, the United Giving, all caps, Giving Hands of USA Charitable Foundation that I have created for patriots of Ukraine fighting the invading forces of Russia announces the opportunity for sympathetic people in America to help our heroes defend their homeland. God bless you. Go fund me. So he puts the link at the beginning and he puts it at the end. And he says, sent with my friend, hit him up app. <laughs> So obviously this is a scam. You texted okay. yes. no. <laughs> uh, what'd you say? Is it he texted no? Did he respond back? Oh, you did text <laughs> no. Who are you? <laughs> he just told you who he was. He's Yuri. But this is this is the kind of nonsense that's going on right here. And you know what? There's a lot of uh, foolish people out there who may be sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. And they would get a text message like that and actually give to yeah. that. Um. I think the, the video that you sent me or that you sent us was a couple weeks ago was a guy basically uh, exposing all these yes. social media platforms where literally he would uh, he saw basically on TikTok uh, a, um, a video and it was like of a woman kind of weeping and it was kind of dark and it looked like it just kind of looked like a war zone or something had some war. There was had taken a shot place. outside of her window. I think. No, 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 not that one. The one where she's on the street. And she's kind of like pacing back and forth. Okay. And she's just kind of like weeping. And um, it just looked like, you know, something, obviously, you know, some war had just taken place there. You know what I mean? Like something bad had just happened. I don't know if there are sirens in the background, but she's, she just seemed kind of, uh, you know, saddened and just kind of lost. And she's right. filming all this. And so he thought to himself, well, you know, this could be legitimate, um, you know, Right now, it's about 4 a.m. in the Ukraine, so it could still be dark. So I'll check back in a little bit, right? So uh, he checks back, I don't know, like five, six hours later, where, you know, the sun should be up by now. And he goes back to that same account, to that live, because it's a live video. 
And literally, it's the same exact shot. Just looped. It just yeah. looped. It just looped That's over insane. and over again. And you can see people just donating every second. Donating like every yeah. second, commenting, pray for the Ukraine, and I stand with Ukraine, hashtag Ukraine. It's insane. It's too much. Well, it's, obviously, it's obviously a scam. It's a major scam. Yeah. Like this guy, for sure he's a scam. I grew up in the USA. I mean, who... His English up in is Arizona? good. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever say? says that, I grew up in the USA. He's a gung-ho America. <laughs> yeah, no one, like, really, no like one really uses that. Bruce Springsteen song, you know, like... <laughs> Born in the <laughs> USA. Who talks like that? <laughs> I grew up in the United States of America. Yeah, that's... Hey, when you read it and you have to read it, when it naturally comes out as an accent on your end, you know it's not from a legitimate American. Since I was 12 years old. Yeah. Whatever, dude. It's a scammer. But they're trying to exploit the, the conflict there. I could go ch click on the link and see how much money they raised. Yeah, go ahead. Let's let, click on it. See, see how much <laughs> Imagine money it's raised. a virus. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It destroys his phone. Like once oh. a month, I tell my wife, like, I always get this text message from Chase. And it it sends you a link, like mm. it says your Chase account has been shut down, and like it sends you a link so you can go to your the mm. Chase account and you put in your password and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that happened to my wife or it happened to me, but we caught on pretty fast. Mm -hmm. It didn't work. Twenty thousand dollar goal, and how do I see how much they've raised so far? It should have like a line. Fundraiser is paused. I think they, they caught him. Yeah. yeah, probably. Help Ukrainian people affected by war. $20,000 goal. This fundraiser is paused. 20,000 bucks. I was trying to send 200 bucks to Ukraine and they <laughs> they closed my account through MoneyGram. Like, how you know, are you there's, a lot of, there's a lot of wicked people out there who are trying to take advantage of sincere people. And and by the way, you say, what's your stance, Pastor Mejia, on the Ukrainian-Russian Russian conflict? I don't care for it. I don't stand with either one. I don't stand yeah. with, the, with the Russians. Although, you know, the Russians, I don't know, they have a lot of good uh, ideologies to a certain extent. You know what I mean? They're against sodomites or for the family. But they're not, they're not Christians, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't stand with the Ukrainians either. I think as a Christian, you just stand with the Word of God and you stand against warfare. Yeah. Especially, sure. especially when it's being perpetuated by people who are simply trying to make money. You understand? And, and the reality is this. If I was like some carnal person who was just not saved, obviously... You know, as a person who is just uh, would want to do that, which is right, or, or would esteem conservative values, you know, I would stand against the Ukraine because of the fact that the Ukraine has a bunch of wicked leaders backing it up as well. I said very few people actually do take a stance against Ukraine. Mm. But not that anybody really knows what's going on anyway. Yeah, no one I have really an knows. uncle who lives over there, and he doesn't really even know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Dude. It's just a ploy. Yeah. It's a ploy. Yeah. And, you know, people have tried to say, like, this is, you know, the Russian, the Russians t invading the Ukraine is basically like anti Bible prophecy being fulfilled because it's the king of the north coming down and all this stuff. It's like, that's a stretch, buddy. You know? Yeah, against Ukraine. I mean, it's kind of. And obviously, you know, the Bible does talk about wars and rumors of wars. Um, but that's a common element throughout history. Period. There's always been war. There's, There's always, always been a war. perpetual war. Yep. And if you want, you you could you could twist scripture to say really anything you want. What did you just send me? Who is this? Oh, is this what he says? Okay, good. Thank you. 
Yeah, but on social media, it's big. And, you know, you you see, like, video games. Like, I remember I saw this one video, and I was just like, is this real? It looks fake. And, and it was just like, but it, it looked real, though. It was like an airplane, and they're shooting at it the airplane. It looks too real. That's yeah. You think it's, yeah. And it's just like, and then people are like, oh, man, pray for the Ukraine, pray for the Ukraine. I'm like, is this legitimately what's going on over there? Like, But then someone pointed out, like, no, this is from this particular video game. And he even called out the name of the video game and all that. And it's just, but the vast majority of the people in the comments section thought it was the actual war that was taking place over there. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it just shows you, like, well, not just fact check, but this just it just shows you how readily, how ready people are just, or how soon people are just willing to just accept a lie. Yeah. You can just put whatever video you want. You can put a video game for crying out loud, a scene from a video game, and people are like, They're pray duped. for the Ukraine. You know, Russians suck. People you know. are insane. Crazy. Yeah. It's it's really scary mm-hmm. that people can be deceived in so easily. And so, I was so I was thinking to myself today and yesterday, um, the state in which our country is in is really bad when it comes to people just blindly following um, just social media and the common narrative from you know news outlets and you know just kind of taking this all this nonsense and misinformation at face value and just believing it it's just kind of showing you the mental aptitude of these people that they're just not willing they they just can believe anything right so that's bad but it's also good to a certain extent as well and the reason i say that is because what i'm referring to is the fact that people have become very simple-minded right so simple-minded nowadays that they just kind of will believe anything and unfortunately um the forces of darkness and the principalities and powers and the rulers will take advantage of that to get them to believe a lie but on on the on the other on the flip side it should cause us to want to bring the message of the gospel to them because of the fact that you know they, they they can place their faith in what the truth is they don't need all this scientific proof that god exists or whatever like you know, simple-minded people can also be saved. You understand? Mm-hmm. Like they're willing to accept the truth if it's presented to them. You understand? And obviously, the truth is far more powerful than a lie. And I'm not talking about misinformation on on the internet or anything like that, because obviously, even saved people are often duped by what's going on on the internet. I'm just talking about people just in general, who you know, maybe they're not that smart. They're on social media, but you know, they can get saved too. You know, and so it's still like a good time for us to go out and preach the gospel and to be a light in, in a dark nation, you know what I mean? Uh, a crooked and perverse nation. Like we can still hold forth the word of life and be a light here and still like give them the gospel and a lot of people will still get saved. And I think now because of everything that's being, you know, perpetuated and, and put forth and all these agendas and deceit, like there's going to be people who are looking for the truth. They're going to see through that all these lies and want the truth. And I think even the simplest truths of the Bible will attract people. Because I've been putting out some videos, uh, like these shorts, and they're very simple videos, like just simple doctrine. And people are like, I've never heard this. I love this. Thank you so much for this. Like, you know, you explain this so well, but it's just like, this is what I would explain like in a sermon. Yeah. Or when I'm out soul winning. They just need like a bite-sized truth. Yeah. Yeah. To kind of get the gears moving a little and bit. And also reminds me, it's just like sometimes we take a lot of these biblical truths for granted, whereas a lot of people, they've 
they just never heard of it because they've just been deceived, you know? So what I'm saying is, like, obviously it's bad that people just, you know, buy into this misinformation and, and all this nonsense. But at the same time, it could be good for us as those who bear the truth to actually go forth and give them the Word of God and teach them the Bible. You know, it's, it's a really good time to go out and do that. You know what I mean? Whether it's through soul winning, through social media, just putting truth out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, um, well, yeah, like right now, like, uh, like you were saying, like the, the forces of darkness have just been using like social media to their advantage. Because with social media, it's like you can just post something and you can pull the heartstrings of the people like really oh, yeah. easily. But if you have and like people the, will just yeah. believe it, yeah. like it's crazy. You can turn uh, a group of people against someone very easily on social media. They don't need any facts whatsoever. True. I mean, when our church was attacked, they literally said we're the the uh, the independent or we're independent fundamental Baptists, but they called us the international federal Baptists, and no one even cared to check into that to see if it was true. Like yeah. international federal <laughs> Baptists. Well, that whole thing with Pastor Thompson, they say that. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's like, it's crazy. It's like people, people could just make stuff up, but no one's going to fact check it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, what's fortunate is that we can preach the word of God and put the truth out there. And, you know, if no one wants to fact check it, that's on them. But anybody could actually fact check anything that we say from the preaching of God's word, and they'll legitimately see that it's in the word of God. Yeah. I certainly hope that's the case. Um, it seems like people are looking for a lie. I don't know. Some of these people, I you think. Sound just, <laughs> you sound down. The way. You sound like a doom and gloom kind of guy here. Yeah, kind of. Why? Why, I th I why has that just, countenance fallen, right, brother? I think they just love the lie. I think no matter how much truth well, they could hear, be. Yeah, but it could be that. Not all of them, obviously, but. It could be definitely. that just. It could be that it's not necessarily that they love the lie. They have just been accustomed to believing a lie. Like, lies have just been fed to them all their lives. But not everyone is like that, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, I hope not. Not yeah, everyone's true. Is like not that. everyone's like that. <laughs> Dang, bro. Us, bro. I know. What about us? <laughs> so not everyone is like that. So, yeah, you know I, what I mean? And Some I people and all look, am only left alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not everyone is going to fall into this exploitation, you know. And, you know, there's a lot of people, I don't want to say they're waking up because you don't truly wake up until you're in Christ. Mm -hmm. And even then, some Christians need to wake up. Right? Like, even yeah. when you're saved, like, away to righteousness and sin not, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. You know, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul says, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So, obviously, you, you wake up when you're in Christ, or you have access to waking up. And when we say waking up, we're saying that you're enlightened to what the, true, the truth really is. Right? Uh, like, you know what the truth is because you're... Uh, you know, in your quest to find the truth, it should bring you to the feet of the cross. It should bring you to Jesus but, Christ. But that's like the catalyst, right? The quest to find the truth. Yeah. Because somebody who wants to find the truth ultimately will find the truth. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't see a lot of people seeking for truth because they just jump on that. Well, they think wagon. that the lie is truth, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's why we need to go out there and actually give them the truth because if they're since they might be sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. Yeah. They think that the lie is the truth. But it, it kind of reminds me of there's a guy who wrote a book called um, The Ultimate Evil. And it, the, the writer's name is Maury Terry. He was an investigative journalist who basically investigated the, the Son of Sam murders mm -hmm. in the 1970s. And this guy was on a quest to, you know, basically find the truth of who the true murderers were. Because the the... the 
the the common narrative of that whole situation was that one man had done all these crimes, right? Which is a man by the name of David Berkowitz. But come to find out that he's not the only one. There's multiple people who are involved in these these murders in New York. And what Maury Terry ended up finding out was that uh, David Berkowitz was a part of a cult, a Satanist cult that was carrying this out. It was part of a Satanist cult called the Children that was like an offshoot of um, a cult called the Process Church, which also influenced uh, Charles, Charles Manson. Manson. Yeah. And he influenced Charles Manson, which is also involved with, you know, the murders in the 1950s. Um or the murder of the 1950s of, of Sharon Tate, who was an actress. Um, and so there's this major conspiracy that he uncovered that basically revealed that there's multiple people involved in this. And there's like, it, it just led him down a really dark path, mm -hmm. right? Of this just crazy satanic things that was taking place and these conspiracies and these, you know, people just, just total wickedness, right? And with the, the people that were closest to him, you know, they knew that he wanted the truth, like he wanted to expose the truth, but it ended up like taking his life because he literally, literally spent like half of his life just consumed by it, consumed by it, and then drowned in it. Yeah, and ended up in a sense killing him because that's all he did with his life. Like he couldn't have a, a good marriage, sad. he ended up getting divorced, never had kids, and just you know, he he, he can never, uh, and he had a lot of good information, like he exposed a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, basically, in a sense, proof to the public that there was more than one son of Sam. And um, but his goal was that the New York Police Department would actually take this information, reopen the case and actually search for these people, these other criminals that were out there. who were part of these crimes. Do, they? But they they said, but no, they didn't want to. Because they said, we already got our man. This guy's baloney mm -hmm. or whatever. But what I'm saying is, like, at the, end of, at the end of the day, Maury Terry basically died trying to expose the darkness because he was just constantly seeking for the truth. But what I was thinking about was, like, th that should have led him to Christ mm -hmm. because Jesus Christ is the source of all truth. And no matter how bad you want to expose darkness and expose that the Jews are responsible for whatever and expose all the, the misinformation with the Russian-Ukrainian war and Pizzagate and all these things, like, you know, if you're investigating those things, you will never truly become satisfied or truly understand the truth unless you come to the foot of the cross. Like, that's where it should lead you to. You know what I mean? Because there's two paths that people take. Like they could either take that path and just it, they're just it's consumed. a dark path. It's a dark path, and it gets evil as you uncover more stuff. More, it gets more and, and more evil. That's what he was saying. He so, said he said it got worse. The deeper he got, it just kept getting worse. Yeah, and, and at worse. a point, you just got to stop. Well, like, and, and it's and, kind of like the truther movement, guys. Yeah, yeah it's like exactly. how how deep do you have to get, dude, to realize that? Well, the thing is, is like get the deeper better. that Maury Terry guy got, the more he wanted to expose what was going on. And so he's like, hello, look what all this stuff that's happening. I have all this information. Look, here's people like confessing to this. And he just got deeper and deeper. But it's like the, the deeper you go into the darkness, the less light there is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And obviously within himself, he wasn't a saved man. But within himself, there was that attribute of God that every human being has that you want things to be you know, brought to justice. Yeah. And so what that should do to you 
is seek for the ultimate judge. Like, you know, just recognizing, well, these people are not going to do anything about it. Who will? Yeah. And then you find out that God, the judge of all the earth will do right. God will ex execute vengeance upon the workers of iniquity and their time will come. And then you find that and you're just like, oh man, this is what I've always needed. Yeah. But there's people who follow that dark trail, you know what I mean? And then they, they, they die there. They die there. Yeah. Well, it's like all these people that are like, why isn't Hillary Clinton in jail? Yeah. Why isn't like uh, everything that Maxwell because Fauci the, should yeah. be in jail? Because, and, yeah. because, because like, the people they, they don't should, sleep at night because of bro, because the people who should put them in jail are actually one of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, they're part of it. Yeah. So what I'm saying is they're like expose themselves. people when they're seeking this truth, it should, you know th there comes a point, and I, in my personal opinion, because you know if if they're responding to the light. There comes a point where maybe someone comes and gives them the gospel or they show them that Jesus Christ is the source of all justice and righteousness and will recompense the workers of iniquity that they're confronted with that truth and they might reject that and say no I'm going to I'm going to keep exposing this I'm going to keep going through this you know and at that point it's just like well you just you just passed like you just passed that that stop sign that was supposed to lead you to salvation you know and, and the reason I bring that up is because, you know, there's a lot of evil in this world. And there's a lot of noble people who want the truth and they are not wicked. Like, they might be Republicans, conservatives, libertarians. And they see the wickedness of, you know, uh, the government and, you know, social media and the fake news and the 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 attribute that they have that they that they have of God in their hearts where they just want justice mm -hmm. that's from God you know but if that doesn't lead them to Christ they're done for you yeah. know because at that point they're basically saying no we want a greater justice than that which God can execute you know understand it's like yeah i know that God will take care of everyone but i want to make sure it's just like you're basically saying that God's justice is not enough yeah and God's justice is the supreme justice for these workers of iniquity, you know. But anyways, you know, people who exploit this 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 conflict between the Russians and the Ukrainians in order to try to make filthy lucre, they're wicked, you know. And it's just it's so like it's disgusting. The one that you were talking about was the lady who was like in a balcony or something, right? Yes. And she was kind of like weeping or whatever. Yes. But then when you actually analyze the video, you see like palm trees and like these types of. Uh, trees that you would only find in like tropical it wasn't areas. Ukraine, it was not the Ukraine, but there was hashtag Ukraine. So it doesn't take much for people to believe a lie now. And it could be, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm, I might be, uh, you know, looking a little too much into this, but it could be just the powers that be. They're 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 testing the waters with social media to see how much they can get away with. Yeah. For future events. We're like, wow, man, if they're willing to believe this. And we just put up a freaking video game scene from a video game and they believed it. Look how much money these people collected. How much more when you actually present them something that's far more convincing, even though it's still a lie. You know what I mean? It's possible. I kind of lean towards that also. It's really people um, setting up like these puppet accounts and seeing how much they could get away with. Yeah. Just duping people left and right. And you got to admit, like, People on Instagram and TikTok and stuff like that. They're not, they're the not really people. Yeah, they're not the brightest. I mean, I'm on there, but you know what I'm saying. But, <laughs> Have you ever heard of the, but, like, uh, what the algorithm in China, how it's different over here in the U.S.? Mm -hmm. Didn't we crazy. talk about that last uh, time? Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it was just talking about like um, <clears throat> how on the the algorithm in China will for favor, TikTok. yeah, for TikTok, will favor accounts that are actually innovative, like they're doing something productive, and so it'll favor them. So it'll give them more followers and more views. Whereas here in America, the algorithm favors like foolishness and stupidity right. and just like nonsense. That's you know? they promote. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it kind of makes you wonder why they're doing that. You know. Just to kind of dumb down the nation even more, but anyways, yeah, dumb people are easy easier to control. That's for sure. Although the Chinese are very, very well controlled, also. So yep. I don't know. So, anyways, I put out a uh, speaking of social media, I put out a video, and it's not a it's not a looped video either. It's actually a video on on willful sinning. Uh, I've been putting a lot of videos in, uh, just regarding just doctrine and. Um, I keep getting people just saying, you know, if we sin willfully, if we sin willfully, Hebrews ten twenty six, and it's just like that's like their their text verse, you know. So I just kind of wanted to address that tonight. Nice. Um, just kind of you know talk talk about some doctrine, and Hebrews ten is an amazing chapter actually. And often we use Hebrews ten to talk about what vengeance. Well, I mean, <laughs> the prophet. I was gonna say church attendance. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 that too. <laughs> He's all vengeance. God's vengeance. <laughs> I thought God you destroyed. It's funny. I thought you were, when you were like we were talking about like like how the God of uh, God of the earth will do all will do right. We're yeah, gonna just I, like, I segue. Yeah. yeah, I was like, okay, segue to Hebrews ten. Yeah, that's gonna make sense. <laughs> well, Hebrews chapter ten. <laughs> it's very interesting because Hebrews ten starts off with talking about the shadow of things to come, and obviously we see that like in Colossians two, mm-hmm. and um, how, for example. You know, you have the meat strings, diverse washings, carnal ordinances in Hebrews 9. Uh, they were imposed upon the people until the time of Reformation, referring to the, the, the death of Christ that brought forth the new covenant, the New Testament. And a lot of these things that, that God imposed upon the people was for the purpose of symbolizing something very significant in the New Testament. The most important one, I would say, obviously, would be like the animal sacrifices, right? which obviously pictures Jesus Christ, who's the Lamb of God, who should take away the sins of the world. He's slain before the foundation of the world. He is the Lamb of God. He sacrificed himself. And it starts off in chapter 10 talking about the fact that uh, the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices, which they offered year by year, continually make the comers thereunto perfect. So it literally says that basically... The animal sacrifices that were done on a daily basis, because there's a lot of animal sacrifices in the Old Testament. The animal sacrifices can never make the people who offered these sacrifices, whether that be, of course, the high priest or even the people who brought the animals, it can never make them perfect. Mm -hmm. So what was the purpose of the animal sacrifices? Well, the dispensationalists will say the purpose was for them to be saved, Mm -hmm. you know, to make an atonement for their soul. But they're wrong. Right, easily you know, debunk people, that. Yeah, it's easily debunked because of the fact that we see in the same chapter that it's not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. And so, what we have going on in the Old Testament is the fact that they would offer animal sacrifices on a daily basis in order to atone for daily sins. You understand? So, if they committed sins throughout that day, they would bring an offering in order to receive the remission of sins of that day. That's why these sacrifices were done like every single day, right? All day, every day. All day, every day. And then it says, verse 2, For then would they not have ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have no more conscience of sins. 
So it's just like then, if the animal sacrifices could save anybody, you would only have to offer one, mm-hmm. and then you know your sins are done, done for. But in those sacrifices, there's remembrance again of sins every year. Verse four: For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Okay, so we see that, right? Well, there's a verse that people just love bringing up when they want to attack once saved, always saved, and that's verse 26. We've all been, you know, confronted with that verse. Mm-hmm. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. And my answer to that is this, is that where does it talk about salvation there? It's not talking about... Because what yeah. they want to say is that, like, if we continue in sin, that basically our salvation is taken away from us. There's no more sacrifice for sins. Well, first of all, the sacrifice for sins, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. It's not talking about Jesus Christ at all. Because they, they want to say like, oh, you know, Jesus Christ is not going to be sacrificed again for you for these sins, right? And in fact, Ulysses just sent me this. You, this that's what you sent me, right, Eli? Yeah. This is uh, J-Max commentary on Hebrews 10, 26 to 27. Here's possibly the clearest and most concise scriptural definition of apostasy. Receiving knowledge of the truth, that is, the gospel, but willfully remaining in sin. An apostate has seen and heard the truth. He knows it well, but he willfully rejects it. Willfully, uh, and then he gives the Greek word there, you know, just to make himself nice and smart. Of course. Willfully carries the idea of deliberate intention that is habitual. Nah. <laughs> the reference here is not to is not to sins of the reference here is not to sins of ignorance or weakness, but to those that are planned out, <laughs> determined, done with forethought. The difference between sins of ignorance and sinning willfully is much like the difference between involuntary manslaughter and first degree murder. <laughs> He says, willfully is habitual. It is not It is not only deliberate, but it is established way of thinking and believing. Man, he got all that from just willfully. It was like, this is, this is what God really meant here. It is the permanent renunciation of the gospel. So when the Bible says, if we sin willfully, he reads it as, it is a permanent <laughs> renunciation of the gospel. You reprobated yourself. Yes. <laughs> The permanent forsaking of God's grace. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Dang. So when he reads willful sinning, I mean, isn't there something called projecting? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, that's me. John MacArthur, when he reads verse 26 of Hebrews 10, he's like, that's what I did. It's like autobiography time. Yeah, it's an autobiography. <laughs> yeah. So this is, a, this is what's so stupid about that, okay? Number one... Anybody's sins are willful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I unwillfully sin sometimes, but... <laughs> no, everyone <laughs> decides to sin. Yeah. Yeah. And the thought of foolishness is sin, and obviously there, there's, there's presumptuous sins, but at the end of the day, you don't have some outside force making you sin. Yeah. The members are within yourself. For in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, the Bible says. <laughs> so it's your flesh that's desiring to sin. And so a willful sin is simply you just willing to sin. 
Yeah. Understand? It's just you transgressing the laws of God, you doing that which is not right in the sight of the Lord. And more specifically, if you really want to say it in context, the sin that he's really talking about is forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Yeah. Because verse 25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but so much the more, uh, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after the, we receive the knowledge of the truth, there remain no more sacrifice for sins. So obviously, you know, you can get into sins of omission, sins of commission. Sin is sin. Sin is the transgression of the law. Okay? And all unrighteousness is sin, the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And for him to say, well, willful sinning is just like you're just, you know, continuing in sin. And, and, and well, to a certain extent, everyone is kind of continuing in sin because we live in this flesh. Mm-hmm. And this, the Bible says that the works of the flesh are made manifest. <laughs> so they're just constantly coming out because we live with the old man. So that's number one. Number two, any questions about that? No. <laughs> number two is the fact that he says there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. So why does he say that? Because what John MacArthur and a lot of these other lordship, salvation, heretic types will like to say is the fact that they'll say, well, there remaineth no, no more sacrifice for sins is referring to the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made. He can't descend down from above to be sacrificed again for the sins that you've committed, you know, that you're going to commit. So you better repent of your sins now because he's not going to come back and crucify himself again in order for you to receive the forgiveness of sins, which is completely just stupid and nonsensical yeah. to even come up with that scenario. The sacrifice for sins is referring to the Old Testament sacrifices. Yeah, in context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just referring back to the beginning yeah, of the yeah. chapter, basically. Yeah, because if you came back a day after you you offered sacrifices— for your sins, you can come back the next day and offer it again for the sins you commit that day because you sin every single day. But since now in the New Testament, the practice of offering sacrifices has, has been repealed and that's no longer a thing, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. So the common practice is that you would offer these burnt offerings and sacrifices for your daily sins, but now in the New Testament, that's no longer a thing. What is it that you're supposed to do now to receive the forgiveness of sins? You confess your sins. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And which, by the way, is something that was evident even in the Old Testament. The difference being is that the precursor to that was the animal sacrifice. But now that Jesus Christ has physically come to this world and physically sacrificed himself, now there's no more need for these animal sacrifices. He is now the fulfillment of that picture. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in verse number 10, it says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Yeah. <laughs> so and it says here in verse 5, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. And it kind of also goes to show, uh, we as believers, you know, we offer ourselves daily, mm-hmm. right, as a sacrifice. Yeah. So... That's well, you know, that's a, that's a great point because of the fact that, yeah, Romans 12, 1 says, <clears throat> But I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living, living sacrifice, sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And what he's referring to when he says to be a living sacrifice is basically saying you're dying to self. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like being crucified with Christ. You're dying to self. So when you uh, offer yourself as a living sacrifice, you're basically walking in the Spirit. And so, um, 
you know, the, the no more no more sacrifices for sins is available because that means because we're in the New Testament. And another thing is, is this is the reason he says, you know, there's there remains no more sacrifice for sins. It's because of the fact that he goes on to say in verse number 27, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. Here's the key. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. So Hebrews 10, what Hebrews 10 is actually teaching us is that there is a punishment here on this earth, an earthly punishment for your sin. And why do we know it's an earthly punishment? Well, because he gives us an example in verse number 28 of people who despised Moses' law. In other words, they sinned willfully, right? And what happened to them? They died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Now, someone tell me, what does that mean that they died without mercy under two or three witnesses? With the death penalty? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, you know, when it says died without mercy, it kind of it's a callback to the Old Testament where it says, you know, thine eyes shall not pity. Yeah. And it's the same Lord who's actually given the commandment anyway. Exactly. But that person received the death penalty for, Correct. for example, for adultery. Right. Right. So that's a that's a grievous sin in the Bible. And, and in the Old Testament, it was a sin punishable by death. Well, if that person persisted in that adultery or they were caught or whatever it may be, the two or three witnesses that were present and can testify that that person committed that crime stoned that person without mercy. Right. And obviously this isn't referring to hell. Because people always want to point to, the you know, fiery, fiery indignation yeah. and all this stuff, you know, and, and, and just completely ignore verse 28, where it talks about the two or three witnesses killing this person who committed this capital crime. But the fiery indignation, folks, is just simply referring to God's wrath. Yeah. Correct. It's not referring to they're going to hell. Okay. The Bible says that God is a consuming fire. Just because the Bible mentions fire... It doesn't it's always, always it's not always talking about hell. Yeah. I mean, in, in the book of Luke, it says, did not our heart burn within us while he opened to us the scriptures and why he walked with us by the way and opened to us the scriptures? It's just like, didn't our, did our hearts go to hell? <laughs> you know, when he read us the Bible, you know, when, when Jeremiah said that his word was like a, a, a fire shut up in my bones. fire shut up in my bones, is he saying that he just went to hell? No, sometimes it's just referring to, it's just used as an, an analogy for something else, right? Obviously, in Luke, signifying passion. Here, signifying judgment, okay? Yeah, cloven tongues as fire. Yeah, cloven <laughs> tongues as a fire. Does that mean they are really hot jalapeno yeah, yeah. in Acts chapter 2 <laughs> or something like that? Their tongues went to hell. <laughs> Their tongues went to hell. Yeah. They were, they were set on fire of hell. Yeah. You know, uh, what about James chapter 3? Their tongues are set on fire of hell. Yeah. Right? Does that mean that they actually, they have these tongues that just like, you know, light hell up or something like that? No, it's just it's just an example, symbolism. Okay? It's hyperbole. It's what it is. So judgment and fire indignation, which shall devour the adversaries, is just literally referring to the wrath that's going to be poured upon the person who is worthy of a capital punishment. And, you know, the Bible even says in First uh, John, where's the book of First John? No, I'm just kidding. First John chapter 5. Yeah, we got all the J books here. Verse 16, it says, if any man see his brother sin a sin, which is not unto death. Because, you know, here's another thing that people like to say. Oh, whenever it talks about like death, you know what I mean? It's, it's always referring to hell. But no, it's not always referring to hell. Death sometimes just means that you die. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it says here, if we, 
If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask and he shall give him life for them that, that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. So there's certain sins that don't require the uh, death penalty according to the Bible for fornication. For example, although God did destroy sure. some people for committing fornication, that's a sin not unto death, but there are some sins that are unto death. And so what God is simply stating in Hebrews chapter number 10 is that he's saying, hey, if you willfully sin, this could be the consequences of your actions. You will be punished here on this earth. And that's a fantastic thought, in fact, because it just proves that you're a child of God. Because mm -hmm. you know? if you're not chastened, then are you bastards and not sons? And you got to ask yourself, does God send his people to hell? No. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that he sends his people to hell. Because it literally says, you know, in... Um, Verse number 30, For we know him that saith, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. And, you know, the, the Bible, I mean, the, the chapter 10 finishes off on a great note. Yeah. Because it says, If any man draw back, which you can correlate to willful sinning, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And then it says, But we are not of them that draw back into perdition, but believe to the saving of the soul. Perdition meaning hell. So he's almost, he's almost concluding the chapter telling you, like, hey, no one loses their salvation, though, if you draw back, because we believe that the soul is saved no matter what. So, folks, you know, stop using Hebrews 10.26 as, like, your proof text that you can lose your salvation. Just because it says, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, you're just simply displaying your ignorance of the Old Testament laws and sacrifices and how that operated and worked. And you know what? From chapter 9... From chapter 8, 9, 10, all we have is talk about the animal sacrifices because they're supposed to be a shadow of things to come. Yeah, it says, and again, the Lord shall judge his people. Mm -hmm. His people. Not gonna send his people he says home, in verse like 11, every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. <laughs> He's like, after he did it, all sins were taken care of. You know, so I don't know what J Mac is talking about. You know, well, I actually I do know what he's talking. About. He's talking about himself. It carries the deliberate, the idea of deliberate, intentional that is habitual. You're habitually lying, J Mac. And you know what uh, he says here? But those that are planned out, determined, and done with forethought, which is exactly what he did when he wrote this article. <laughs> what is what does it say again? He says the reference here is not to sins of ignorance or weakness. But to those to those that are planned out, determined, done with forethought. But according to them, according to Calvinists, that person wouldn't even be elect anyway. Exactly. Right. So yeah. how can someone who's not elect lose their salvation? Yep. Just well, he doesn't. He's not saying that you can lose your salvation. He's basically what he's doing is 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 far more sinister actually, because he's saying he's he's putting this forth, which means that. Whoever's listening or reading that, you know, if they're not a self-righteous person, they're going to think, oh, man, but I sinned yesterday, so does that mean I'm saved? Because I'm telling you right now, a lot of Calvinists, they question their salvation. They're doubting. They doubt their salvation all the time. Because whose standard are you going according to, you know? They have to persevere until the end. They have to persevere until the end. Yeah, so how can they know? You know, and so, you know, uh, for him to say that it takes forethought, that's exactly what he did when he wrote that article. He's, he, he put some thought into writing these lies and heresies to deceive the world. 
And so pretty simple, right? Hebrews chapter 10. I love this chapter. Yeah. Amen. It's a great chapter. Just to let us know, it, it, all it's doing is just comparing the Old Testament sacrifices <clears throat> to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Yeah, and it's pre- priesthood. Yeah, and it's priesthood. Yeah. And here in Hebrews 10, it's just showing you that animal sacrifices <laughs> were for daily sins. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ atones for all sins permanently, past, present, and future. You know what I mean? And so um, it's a beautiful picture. Amen. You know, and I'm thankful for that. Um, there's something else I wanted to say about that, but I forgot. Let us consider one another provoking unto love and to good works. Let us hold fast our profession. It's a great chapter. Amen. So anyways, it's not the sacrifice of Christ, folks. He's not being crucified afresh. You know, comparing this to Hebrews chapter 6, it's referring to the animal sacrifices. And so, anyways, speaking of J-Mac, though, let me pull up this article. Apparently, J-Mac's church is under some heat here. Rightfully so. Let me read this article here. John MacArthur shamed excommunicating mother for refusing to take back child abuser. <laughs> Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> what a title. <laughs> what um, publication is that? <sighs> the Roy's Report. What the heck is this? Reporting the truth, restoring the church. The church. <laughs> On August 18, 2002, prominent radio pastor and author... And heretic, John MacArthur. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I added that in there. That was good. Took time during an evening service to address a grave matter at his 8,000-member Grace Community Church. A woman at the church was living in sin, MacArthur alleged. And though shaming her publicly was sad, MacArthur said it was necessary to maintain fidelity to God and his word. <sighs> this is getting bad. So as men were distributing the elements for communion, Mark MacArthur stated, I want to mention a sad situation, a person who is unwilling to repent. And the church bears responsibility before God to be the instruments of discipline. This is what the Lord wants. He wants discipline. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs> you, you spoke too soon. <laughs> he was like getting on you already. It's like... Hey, Water. Uh, not just coffee, all right? Just <laughs> throw that out there. All right. <clears throat> what? Uh, this is what the Lord wants. He he wants discipline to be put out of the, to be put out of the church, to be publicly shamed, to be put away from fellowship. In this case, it applies to Eileen Gray. Now, you know, if you didn't know anything about John MacArthur, and you read this, and you read what the Bible says, it's like, oh man, you know, finally, like a. A pastor is actually throwing people out of our church. We believe in church discipline here at First Works Baptist Church. You know, if, if someone is unrepentant of a specific sin that we see in First Corinthians chapter 6, what is this? I don't know. Oh, it's Pastor Anderson. Why are uh, you tripping? I wasn't. It just looked like crayon markings and stuff. <clears throat> it's Pastor Anderson, bro. Okay, cool. <laughs> Not the picture, the, the oh. colors and all. So when you read this, you're thinking to yourself, oh, okay, yeah, sounds legit, right? She's unrepentant. 1 Corinthians 6 is taking place here. Uh, not 1 Corinthians 6. 1 Corinthians 5, excuse me, is taking place here. You know, you got a Matthew 18 situation maybe. Person's getting kicked out of church. Happens. It's good that people are doing this, right? Let's read on. 
According to MacArthur, Gray's sin was that she had decided to leave her husband to grant no grace at all to take the children to go away to forsake him. Oh, man. This, MacArthur emphasized, meant rejecting all the instructions and counsels of the elders, all instructions from the Word of God. MacArthur then encouraged the church to pray for Eileen and to treat her as an unbeliever for all we know she may be. Dang. <clears throat> he also urged the church to pray for her husband, David Gray, who taught music and Bible to children at Grace Community Church. Oh, wonder, you wonder why he's going to such lengths to defend this person, right? He's a staff member, apparently. Or he, he uh, has some leadership position at the, at the church there. Pray for David, for the sympathy and compassion and the loving kindness of God to be, in his, to be his portion. MacArthur then invited the church to sing Amazing Grace. <laughs> the hell? Today, David Gray is serving 21 years to life in a California prison for his 2005 convictions for aggravated child molestation, corporal injury to a child, and child abuse. But at the time of Eileen's shaming, Eileen had not yet reported her husband's physical and mental abuse to police. She was not yet aware of his sexual abuse. Instead, she had reported the abuse to elders and pastors at the church. So MacArthur sat on this. What in the world? Well, let, let me read on because I don't want to assume that he did. Eileen also had not left her husband in August 2020. Uh, 2002, Eileen was still living with her children in Gray's home and about, about a half a mile from the church. Eileen had, however, filed legal separation and restraining orders against David due to his repeated abuse of her and her children, as well as his alleged stalking and threats to kill them and himself. Whoa, <laughs> this a guy a freaking who, psycho. This guy's a reprobate. At the time of the shaming, Eileen had obtained a court order requiring that David's visits with the children be monitored and restricting him from coming within 100 yards of Eileen. As Eileen explained in the exclusive interview with the Roy's report, she went to Grace Community Church elders, hoping they would protect her and her children and get David professional help. Instead, she says the church subjected her to spiritually abusive counseling and used church discipline to try to coerce her, coerce her to take David back into the family's home. John MacArthur, you're a piece of trash. Devil. Unbelievable. That's probably what he does. Eileen said Carrie Hardy, a former Grace Community Church associate pastor and personal assistant to John MacArthur, told her she needed to model for her children how to suffer for Jesus by enduring David's abuse. While he's on staff. So what they're telling her is saying, you need to go back to your husband so he can continue to abuse you and just allow your children to be You're molested. And just suffer for Christ's sake and just allow them to suffer that. That is wicked as hell, folks. What kind of nonsense is That's this? That's evil. Those people are pure evil. The Roy's report repeatedly reached out to MacArthur and Hardy, who's now senior pastor of Twin City Bible Church, for comment, but they did not respond. Yeah. Probably, why don't you go ahead and put it? You're going to send them your uh, Hebrews 10 commentary? Willful sinning? <laughs> When Eileen refused to take David back, uh, Grace Community Church sent her multiple letters over several months from 2001 to 2002, which she recently provided to the Roy's report. 
The letters threaten Eileen with church discipline if she fails to comply with the elder's request to drop the protective order against David and take him back. These people are crazy. The church leaders are literally just uh, hounding this woman and uh, trying to force her to take back this child molester. This is crazy. They're sending her letters. For how many years is it? From, is two, it? from 2001 to 2002. Just oh, okay. Several months in 2001, 2002. Are those the letters yeah. you're reading? From uh, well, from the, the church article. to her? I'm going to get to that in just a bit. Hold your horses. When the letters failed to change Eileen's stance, John MacArthur publicly shamed Eileen twice. Wow. Once in May 2002 and again in August 2002. Eileen told the Roy's report that MacArthur never spoke with her before, during, or after the shamings. <laughs> just out of the blue, she gets called out. In the months between her shamings, the church members and staff repeatedly harassed and visited Eileen at home, urging her to obey the elders, according to Eileen, and dozens of pages of court documents obtained by the Roy's report. For all this time, Eileen has remained silent about her ordeal out of concern for her minor children. She added that she feared backlash from Christians in her community who revere MacArthur and Grace Community Church. MacArthur is a piece of trash. He needs to step down as a pastor. He's a wicked false prophet, too. But now Eileen's children are adults. And for the sake of vulnerable women and children at Grace Community Church and the many churches and institutions influenced by MacArthur, she's speaking now. Despite being mandated by California law to report child abuse, Grace Community Church never reported David Gray's abuse to authorities, according to Nancy Nelson, a retired Los Angeles Police Department detective, so on and so forth. In 2004, two pastors, staff pastors at the church, were written up by LAPD for their alleged mishandling of Gray's abuse. Carrie Hardy was charged with two misdemeanors, failing to report child abuse and intimidating a witness, Eileen Gray. <laughs> Good. The other pastor, Bill Shannon, who currently leads Grace Community Church Biblical Counseling Ministry, was not charged but ordered to appear at a city attorney hearing. Court records show... Or excuse me, court records show Hardy's case was dismissed or not persecuted in February 2005. All right, let's see here. Oh, man, this is, I don't want to read that. This is nuts. When did this report come out? Uh, it came out like a week ago. Wow. This is a week ago. Because she didn't bring it up because they were still children. So, now so this, is, suffer like this is 20 years old. Yeah, 2002. That's nuts. 2002. Letters, harassment, stalking. I'm trying to look for that letter. It's all the way at the bottom. This is the letter from the Grace Community Church to to the uh, to Eileen. Yeah. Is this? Oh, this is it right here. How do I zoom in here? <clears throat> Dear Eileen, we received your letter concerning your decision to remove your membership from Grace Church. I brought that request to our, our elder board, and the elders have asked me to respond. As our church bylaws and guidelines state, we do not automatically remove someone from membership when we believe that we have a responsibility to help that individual resolve issues in his or her life. In this situation, we definitely do believe that we should maintain our role in helping you and David reconcile. That's stalking. <laughs> For that reason, I know... For that reason, we are leaving your membership status intact. Eileen, we care deeply about your family. No, you don't, you pieces of trash. You don't care nothing about the children in that, in that family. You want the pedophile to come back and abuse them and make them suffer for Jesus' sake as they're being molested, whoever this idiot is who's writing this. 
we strongly believe that it is time for you to remove the restraining order and to end the separation from your husband. Though you and David may still need to grow in various areas of your life, there are no longer sufficient reasons for, t- for the two of you to stay apart. We therefore are requesting that you forgive David, allow him to move back home, and once again follow his leadership as Scripture teaches. Man, these people are wicked. This is like ticking me off. As I said in our last meeting, oh, this is this from John MacArthur? I don't know that. It probably has a stamp of approval. <clears throat> As I said in our last meeting, it has become more apparent that you are making your decisions based upon emotions, personal hurt, and disappointment. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. I also you pointed out right. that you cannot truly progress in your marriage the way the Lord intended by living apart. You can't build the kind of trust in David that you desire this way. More important, you can't trust him because he's a reprobate pedophile who deserves to be stoned under two or three witnesses. He despised Moses' law, which means not to be a sodomite. More importantly, you won't be able to, to be the kind of wife that pleases the Lord. It is now time to trust God to use your marriage to David to make you more like Christ. Oh, man, these people, are, I feel a sermon coming on. This is more significant. This is a more significant level of trust than simply trusting God to change your husband. I stated that you are at a crossroads, and I still believe that to be true. It's a crossword related to your own relationship with the Lord, a crossword in relationship to your husband, and a crossword related to your uh, role as a mother. Your children are at a point in this situation where it's becoming more important that the family reconcile. Are you guys pedophiles too or something? Anytime people defend pedophiles, yeah. I'm like, are you a pedophile? Any difficulty they have with what happened in the past will be overcome more quickly with the normal family environment So they, So they're aware yeah. things happened. They just acknowledged they're aware of what happened in the past. These people are stinking wicked. Grace Community Church is a apostate church run by a wicked false prophet who wants to defend pedophiles and reprobates and is trying to get women to reconcile the relationship with their abusive pedophile husband and make them suffer like Jesus by allowing their children to continue to be molested by their father. Wicked as hell, folks. And if you go to Grace Community Church, get out of that church. Go find yourself a leather-lunged Baptist preacher who doesn't hide things under the rug and church disciplines people you know, for not accepting their reprobate family member who is molesting their children yep. back into the home. That's so sad. It's disgusting. And look, I believe in church discipline. Amen. First Corinthians 5 tells us we should, uh, you know, put away from among ourselves that wicked person according to the sins that we see in First Corinthians 5, Matthew 18. If someone's a full-blown heretic, they get thrown out of the church if they're unrepentant. You know, um, well, if they're a full-blown heretic, they just get thrown out. But if someone is is guilty of the sins of railing, drunkenness, fornication, extortion, idolatry, covetousness, according to the Bible, if that person's unrepentant, they get thrown out. If it's a pedophile, that's crazy. They're throwing out the lady who's not the pedophile, and they're trying to keep the person who is a pedophile in the church. If a person's a pedophile, not only do they get thrown out physically, they get reported to the police like that. Yep. Whereas Grace Community Church thinks that, oh, the police doesn't need to know about this. You know, this is only church matters. Nonsense. Any abuse, if I ever find out that there's a pedophile in my church, whether in church leadership or a congregant 
or a visitor or a person who's only become for, for a couple weeks, they get immediately thrown out and immediately handed over to the police. Immediately. You know, to, 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 to harbor, you know, I'm very leery of pastors who go out of their way like this to try to defend pedophiles. Like, you know, uh, what's his name? Treber. Bruce Goddard and Jack Treber. These, these pastors, you know, who just want to, just want to defend these pedophiles. It's crazy. And it's always wanting to defend their staff members. Like their loyalty is more to these wicked haters of God who molest children more than to biblical principles. It's insane. <sighs> Ticks me off. Yeah. But hey, you know, Paul Chapel, I'm sure, you know, that's his buddy, right? Yeah. Aren't they like buddies and stuff like that? Maybe they can, you know, it kind of shows you, you know, birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, because, yeah, Paul Chapel had Mike Zachary over there too. <laughs> yep. Who's also a wicked pedophile. And P- P- Jack Treber had Mike Zachary as well. Jack Treber is guilty <laughs> of having all types of pedophiles in his ministry. Yeah. Yeah, I said it. Folks, I don't care what people say. Pedophiles are not welcome in our church. You get turned over to the authorities like that. Okay? And uh, I hope people start waking up in that church and start looking for the truth and recognizing what a fraud John MacArthur really is. And, and what a wicked person he is to, to defend abusers and to defend child molesters and, and to just, uh, and really Victim harass, blame. yeah, and, and victimize these, these innocent people. It's sad. It's really sad. It's almost like they were, they were just trying to cover up their butts. Well, they were trying to cover up the butts to make them get back together because it's like, oh, you know, if they get back together, they'll probably just shut her up. Mm. Yeah, because of the fact that he's on staff or something, right? Yeah. <clears throat> It's probably because of the fact that um, well, they, they don't, want it, they don't want it to look yeah they don't want it to look bad. Yeah. You know the Bible says that they um, in Second Peter chapter two that they beguile unstable souls. They have eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised. With the covetous practices, cursed children which have forsaken the right way and have gone astray, fallen the way of Balaam, the son of Bozor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Verse 19 says, While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought in bondage. Well, I hope John MacArthur gets what's coming to him. In fact, I know he's going to get what's coming to him. The Lord's going to smite him. And, you know, he's in his 80s, but hell's forever folks and uh, i i preached a sermon against john macarthur a couple years ago why john macarthur is an abomination and uh guess what you know he's still an abomination yeah but either way folks uh pedophiles can't be reformed yeah but who cares if he if he freaking repented pedophiles always lie They'll say that they repented and that they're, they're repeated sex offenders. They will continuously do it again. And so there's no such thing as restoring a pedophile. L- let me tell you what God's solution is f- for a pedophile. This is what Jesus <laughs> said. That a millstone should be hanged about his neck and that he would drown in the depths of the sea. That's, that's, um, that's Jesus Christ's one-step program for a pedophile. Yep. Tie a millstone about his neck and drown him in the depths of the sea. 
And so if, if why would I try to create some sort of restoration program for a pedophile if Jesus already came up with one? So it works better. Restore them to hell. <laughs> Reform them to hell. <laughs> Unbelievable. Reform theology. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, it's already ended on that note, folks, but, um, you know. Just Reform my fist. Hey, he's just face. going to a lower hell. <laughs> what? what I mean. yeah. He's just going to a lower hell. Oh, yeah. Yep. Religious leaders who are unsaved, <clears throat> like this guy, they actually get the worst hell than probably anybody in this world. They're two, two, four more, two, four, twofold more a child of hell than anybody else. Um, they're a generation of vipers because they're actually leading people astray and, and parading themselves as religious teachers. And so, anyways, that's pretty much it, guys. <laughs> Good podcast to get my get get this thing off my chest. Vengeance. <laughs> well, we'll see what becomes of this. Yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll keep tabs on this yeah. uh, little story here. This developing story. Developing this is story. a developing story. I'm well, outside. Folks. I'm outside the Grace Community Church. We're. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this church is right beyond my parents' house. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been there used to times. go to his church. Like two times I went there. Yeah, you were like, shame on you. I didn't go there because I believed that it was just not the reason. I know. You're the. I don't want to say it. I'm you were the unstable soul they beguiled. No, I'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I used to troll that place. Did you really? <laughs> After I got saved, I would go into their bookstore and I would just like browse around. I'd be like, you guys have any King James Bibles? And they would say <laughs> no. You guys and I'd knock like, everything down. <laughs> <laughs> just take off. You get the hey, you get the, re- the the register. You start pouring out the money. You start chasing out the the people who run the bookstore. Yeah. I used to troll that church all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. What else did you do? That's about it. I remember when I was a kid, we used to play basketball at their uh, their parking lot. It was a huge parking lot had uh-huh. basketball courts. So my friends and I would go there and play basketball, and they threatened to like call the cops on us and all. Hmm. To not give you the gospel or anything like that. They hate children, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they, must, they must really hate children yeah. at that church. Sounds like Grace Community Church really hates children. Sounds not really graceful. <laughs> yeah. Grace Community Church. They're very gracious at that yeah. church. Yeah. Like it's, but, it's hey, but, they, but it's true, though. They are gracious towards to, the wrong to, people. Yeah. yeah. They're gracious the towards the God. pedophiles and the, the rapists and the, the sons of Belial. They're not lying. Anyways, folks, it's pretty much it. Are you gonna hit re-record on those or what? Yeah. Are you yes, I am. <laughs> so perfect timing there. All right, folks, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Rod of Iron podcast. Make sure you listen to the episodes on Spotify, and of course, they're on YouTube and on our website as well, fwbcla.org. And thank you so much for tuning in. We're looking forward to the next episode, gentlemen. Thank you so much for being here. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.